very good morning to you all and welcome to this week's episode of the Sunday Sports Wrap where you'll hear the latest and greatest in sport. I'm Lisa Johns and completing the pair is Hamish Solomons. Good morning, Ham. Good morning, Lisa. How are you? I'm very well yourself. Yeah, pretty good. Awesome. Pretty good. How's your week been? The week is busy, yeah, getting really busy yes. at, at uh, Kingsgrove. Cricket's hotting up. The kids are playing. Uh, grade cricket started yesterday. Mm-hmm. And we have school holidays starting tomorrow. So, Does that times. mean clinics that for means you? coaching clinics and kids everywhere. But I do love it, I must admit. Yeah. Because they love the cricket. That's right. You've got to love cricket. Yep. Well... Although it's finals time for the footy codes, it's been a pretty quiet week, don't you think? Yeah, there hasn't been a great deal happening during the week because I, I guess there's there's less games of everything at the moment. Yeah. Um, and there's just not a lot happening. We just need the Australian cricketers to come back and we need the domestic season to start, so we've just got a lot more stuff to follow. Yeah, well, there's always a little bit of a lull, isn't there, when footy season kind of comes to its end and wraps up and cricket season gets into top gear. Nevertheless, we've uh, there's still plenty to keep us well occupied with this morning. We've got the four big prelim games, the NRL and the AFL. The players of the big dance has oh. been decided and the nerves of their supporters begins. And I think it's a fairy tale in both codes. Oh, Absolutely. Great stories. Great stuff to talk about. Can't wait. Yeah. We're going to have a closer look at the NRL season that was and trawl through the better players of each team. And there's a little bit of cricket to talk about, although perhaps it's probably not the happiest of topics for us at the moment. No, not great stuff, obviously, so far with uh, India winning the first two games Mm. of the ODI ODI series. One game to go before they get into T20 mode. No, three games to go. It's a five-game ODIs and, Is it? and three 2020s. Jeez, one would have thought I would have known that. So Maybe okay. one of us is wrong. No, no. No, I think you're right because with India leading 2-0, the media hasn't said much about losing the series yeah, yeah. yet, so it must be a five-game series. I'm pretty sure it was. I looked it up last night. So buckle up, folks, and let's get cracking. If we're behind, then never mind. We'll fight and fight and win. Now we're from Tigerland. The Tigers, yellow and black, go away from Tiger. Come on, Cal. We don't want to miss our first footy match together, doll. Well, on Friday night, the AFL finals kicked off with Adelaide taking on Geelong in Adelaide. It was wrapped up last night with Richmond taking on GWS at the MCG. Two contrasting games pretty much there with Adelaide dominating and a very tight game with Richmond and GWS, well, I suppose until the, the, the fourth quarter. But starting off with the Adelaide-Geelong game, the biggest AFL crowd in Adelaide ever with 53,000 plus. Some pretty tricky conditions with a boiling hot day in the 30s and then heavy rain halfway through the game. But nevertheless, Adelaide prevailed. They employed their tough Superman stance for the national anthem. And despite some big outs with Mitch Gecko Hands McGovern, who picked up a hamstring injury prior to the game, Adelaide will be playing their first grand final since 1998, which is pretty good. Did you expect such a big blowout? I expected Adelaide to win. Yep. And to dominate. Well, they've been the they've been the team of the season. Yeah, they certainly. So they certainly deserve to be there. Uh, I guess the question might beg: Did Geelong use up all their petrol against the Swans? Was that their game? Well, for for Geelong, I I, I expected a bit better. Yep. I think Geelong erred in playing their new surprise move of putting da- Patrick Dangerfield into the forward line to start the game. It took him away from the ball and let the Crows get a lot of possession and they turned that into many early goals. And the way to beat Geelong, and we saw Sydney do it in the last couple of years in prelim finals, is to blow them out of the water early. So Adelaide needed to get out of the gates well. Yep. And by putting Patrick Dangerfield up in the forward line, away from the ball, it just gave Adelaide free ball, I feel. I personally, not that I'm a coach, would have put... Dangerfield in the midfield to start with and go from there. He's arguably the best midfielder playing the game at the moment. So I think that that mistake made let Adelaide get an early foothold. 
Mm. Nevertheless, I really enjoyed watching the Crows. Yep. They absolutely, they dominated across the board. Um, aside from <laughs> aside from seeing Geelong being knocked out uh, after they knocked my boys out, <laughs> yes. um, I thought the Crows were just superb. They were so clean. They were so accurate by foot. They were fast in their running. They were strong around the contest. And they used their ball to their advantage time and time again. And Geelong... They just didn't. Yeah. There's no other way to say it. Yeah. They just didn't do it. In your opinion, uh, best on ground for Adelaide? Oh, that's a, a tough few. one. I've got a few standout players. Yep. I will I will tip my hat to Patrick Dangerfield and Daniel Motlop for Geelong. I thought they played quite well. Yep. For Adelaide, uh, Charlie Cameron had a standout game. I think it was probably a breakout game for him. Eddie Betts. He's just... Charlie Cameron's the little version of Eddie Betts, so they've got two of them running around now. Yeah, Matt Crouch was fantastic. I think he's going to push Pat, uh, Dustin Martin for the Brownlow. Rory Sloan is always solid. And big Sam Jacobs in the middle, big source they call him with his red hair. I thought as a ruckman he played a vital role for the Crows. And Taylor Walker as captain, I thought he had a really good game as well. So, Did you, did you see that great uh, tweet from Eddie Betts with probably his son, after the game, well, and there's that word again, they said, we're off to the big dance. But it was just such a great picture of him and, and his little child, um, you know, celebrating that moment yeah. together after the game. A couple of retirees from Geelong, Sam Lonigan and Andrew Mackey, yep. hanging up the boots. Pretty decent careers there. But not to detract from Adelaide, this is what I love most about Adelaide's performance and their subsequent spot in the grand final. They've overcome so much adversity in recent years. I think of them losing their coach, Phil Walsh, in yep. such tragic circumstances in 2015. And then a former assistant coach, Dean Bailey, fought and lost a battle with cancer in 2014. And more recently, big ruckman Sam Jacobs, who I mentioned, his brother passed away just two weeks ago. Mm. So if the Crows can get up in the big dance... yeah. Next Saturday, it will be one of the more emotional victories I think we will see. I think you're right there. And that, that can really drive a team. And, and I think it's happening at the Cowboys as well. Different circumstances, different hardships, but, you know, there's something special going on there, isn't there, both teams? Oh, absolutely. It was. I just really enjoyed watching it. Yep. And my allegiance lies now with Adelaide. Yep. You've, have you been to – did you go to – Adelaide to see the Swans play? No, I haven't done the AFL trip. I've done right. the cricket trip. Yes. But I haven't done the AFL trip. Mm-hmm. I would love to because that atmosphere. It's an amazing oh. It's an amazing venue. The noise apparently that that, that crowd just generates yep. is absolutely amazing, deafening for the players. And oh, look, I, I couldn't be happier for them. They, they just love their AFL and the team is just oh, – it's just like a bunch of mates playing. That's yeah. the sense I get from them. And yeah. I really feel like they're out for each other. They're out there working their guts out for each other and they deserve to be there. And if you're not Victorian, you <laughs> do love to see a team from outside Victoria win the AFL because it's like always That's been right. their, their game, if you know what I mean. Well, they managed to sneak a Victorian team yep. into the finals Last night. And this team's got a bit of spunk as well, don't they? Yeah, look, had you told me yeah. at the start of the season yeah. that Richmond were going to play in the grand final, you could have knocked me over with a feather. I, I don't know that I would have believed it, but Richmond, 15-13-103, defeated GWS 9-13-67. For me going into the game, it was a question, the biggest question was which Richmond team was turning up. We've seen it a lot that a good Richmond team will turn up and be really competitive and dominant, and we've seen a really poor Richmond team turn up and have their pants pulled down. So in front of a crowd of 94,000-plus, which were very strongly favoured towards Richmond, and they're, they're parochial, those Richmond supporters. So in, a crowd, in front of a crowd of 94,000-plus, Richmond brought, brought their good game to the fore, uh, they haven't won a premiership since 1980, haven't been to a grand final since 1982. Obviously, GWS hadn't been to a, a grand final before. They're a new team in, in the history of the AFL. 
So we've got two teams here that could have been potentially overawed by the occasion. One yeah. team rose to the occasion. Well, yeah, one, one team, team had to win. <laughs> yeah, well, well, they did. <laughs> yeah. But I think they definitely played better, Richmond. It was pretty tight affair to start with. Richmond got off to an early, st- an early start, actually, with some quick goals, which really revved up the crowd. And I thought, if GWS aren't careful here, yep. that crowd is just going to overtake them. But to their credit, they fought back. They got ahead in the scoreboard. But it was, as I said, it was a, it was a tight, tight affair until about, well, until the third quarter. The third quarter, they call it the Premiership quarter. And the Tigers kicked six goals to the Giants one, and so I think that's where the game has been won and lost. That was the TSN turning point, as they say. <laughs> the TSN turning point. So. The big, but the big thing coming out of this game, and it's huge, it's absolutely huge, was in the first quarter, Richmond's captain Trent Cotchen put a bump on Dylan Shields. Now, your uh, your call on that one. Watch this space, yes, people, because yes. the MRP are going to have their work cut out for them. They'll announce tomorrow yep. whether he has a case to answer. I think he has a case to answer. The fact that, that Shield didn't complete the game with concussion. Yep. He completed the quarter. Yep. Quarter time, he said to the doctors, oh, my vision's a bit off. They did a test on him and he failed the concussion test, took no further part in the game. That fact adds weight against Cochin. What about, and this is my view, and I guess I'm no expert on AFL, as we all know, but to me it looked like he was just trying to go for the ball. Oh, they both were looking like they were both going for the ball. So that's got to stand for something. A little bit, yes. Because collisions will happen. Happen. It's a body contact sport. Yeah, but they're very protective about the head and any contact to the head. Yep. And the fact is, Cochin's shoulder hit Shields' head yeah. and resulted in a concussion. Yeah, it's a tough one. You know what? I always think, especially with leaders, it's like you don't want a grand final without Cameron Smith. Yep. Because... You know, yep. he's obviously one of the draw cards. He's one of the, the players that drives the game. I would assume it's a similar situation that the AFL finds itself in now that they would prefer to have players like that playing in the grand final. Oh. So it, will there be leniency shown? I think I, he'll play. You think he'll play? I think he'll play. I, I'm not sure. I don't, I'm not, it, it, I don't know of his record. So if he's got yeah. a clean record, I think they might get away with an early plea and a fine. Yep. But if he's got something sitting there, a few points sitting in his basket, yeah, it could be. It could be game over for Trent Cochin, and it's a shame he went on to have a captain's game. Yep. That third quarter was probably won because of him for Richmond. Yep. His effort had probably the biggest impact on that game, despite having that little problem hanging over his head. He was just enormous. So. It will be interesting to see what what transpires there. So, watch this space. Watch this space. A couple other big game came. Big games came from players. Daniel Rioli. Mm-hmm. The name is synonymous with AFL footy finals, isn't it? And he was enormous. What Cyril? <laughs> Plus a few <laughs> others. A few other Riolis floating yep. around there that are fantastic. And you get the feeling that this potentially is just going to be the best week of Dustin Martin's life. Mm. Coming off this win, and a hu- he had played a huge game in it, if you believe the experts, he'll pick up the Brownlow, the Brownlow yep. and then he'll play in the biggest game of the season, which is the grand final. You can't get much better than that for a- he He's probably been the standout for Richmond, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. But not, across- not, not just appearance-wise, but uh, <laughs> playing-wise. Appearance-wise, I'm not sure he's... What, well, what are your he's thoughts there? What are your thoughts? Yeah. Girl, some of the girls love him. Ne- well, yeah, ne- they neck, do. Neck tat. I'm, I'm more of an Alex Rance type girl. Right, okay. Clean skin down yep. the back. Yep. Polite, nice. Yeah. Considerate. Anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> a couple of big... A couple of, a big week for yep. a couple of boys. Yep. Yeah. The game brought an end to the career of Stevie Johnson. Yes, a great career. Yeah, GWS just can't quite get there, can they? They got knocked out last year by Western Bulldogs. Yep. Same point, final hurdle, and they fell over again this year. In the scheme of things, I think they've done they've done pretty well to be mm. up there oh, for yeah. such a young club. They, to be fair, they have been well supported by the AFL. Yep. But they've got the You have a look at a similar situation, I guess, with a team like the Titans. Yeah, yeah. Um, who haven't really... Contested too much when it comes to finals time. 
GWS and, and then, then you relate it to, let's say, a, a test nation being allowed into uh, cricket yeah. test playing ranks usually takes them 10 or 15 years. That's so right. I think GD, uh, GWS have have done very well, but by all accounts, it's a very well-run setup out there. Yeah, they it's military fashion. It's yes. really good. And they've got yeah. the academy behind them and yeah. it's good It's good f- uh, for the future for the GWS. I don't think a grand final appearance is too far off for them should they keep going the way they are. Yep. But we're on to the grand final. It's the first time since the very first grand final ever yep. that all players will be playing in their first grand final. Oh, really? Yep. It's the first time what since a great the stat. first ever Grand final that all players will. Toby Nankervis yeah. is the ruckman for Richmond, and he was a swan last year. Yep. He made the emergency list, didn't play in the game. Oh, so no that, one can say is, we've got grand final yeah, experience. That is unbelievable. You'd think even in rugby league, there probably never been a grand final where someone hasn't played in a grand final, except for maybe nineteen oh eight, the first grand yeah, final. That's right. Uh, I have an interesting stat. Uh, 2016 Premiership ladder at the end of the playing season. Adelaide fifth, and we've got Richmond thirteenth. Yeah, so it's a big improvement. That isn't is a it? huge improvement. Well yeah. done to Richmond on, and the coach. You know, I guess what a great Damien Hardwick. Yeah, yeah, what a great story for the coach taking a team from thirteenth into a grand final. Yeah, oh, and it's good for I think both teams. Don, um, I think Don Pike is the Adelaide coach, and he's obviously taken over in tough circumstances. From memory, Lisa, do you do you remember where? Yeah, well, exactly. Do you remember where Adelaide ended up at the end of the finals last year? Yeah, I think that um, this is. I think they were knocked out in quite early. Yeah, quite early on. I could be wrong. I have been wrong once. Anyway, <laughs> we're heading to the grand final. The two, the team, the two teams with the longest droughts in grand final appearances will match up. Yep. As I said, it's their first grand final for all players. For me, Adelaide going as favourites, and they should win. Yeah, I think they're huge favourites. Hard to knock over. Yeah. Although you would think that Richmond probably have will have more support at the game. Oh, massive amount of support. Yeah. But I still can't see Adelaide. Being beaten. Yep. It's a strange one in it where a team has dominated like Adelaide, yet Richmond will kind of benefit from having more of a home ground yeah. advantage type situation. Yeah. And and Richmond supporters love their Tigers. Yep. You hear yellow and black everywhere. Yellow and black. Yep. Uh, yep. Congratulations to them. Enjoy the week. I say. There's another guy who's who's had it pretty tough, uh, Rewalt. Yeah, you know they, they, Jack Rewalt. Yeah, didn't they have the death of their sister, uh, cousin? Well, one of them's cousin, one of them's sister. Yeah. Nick oh, okay. And, I'm not they're sure. Not I'm not sure how. No, Nick and they're not brothers. No, I thought no, all this cousins. time I thought they were brothers. Okay, yeah. okay. So it was Nick's. I, I, Nick's I can't sister figure out which away. one's his, which one's sister, and which one's cousin. Yeah, I yeah. think it was Nick's sister from Could St be. Kilda. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, anyway, well, good luck to those teams. Yeah. Enjoy and your week. I think, yeah, the Crows, it'll be for the Sunday Sports Wrap team. Like a Well, one preliminary final was an absolute blowout and the other one was a very exciting tight affair. On Friday night, the Storm cemented their spot in the uh, NRL Grand Final, defeating the Brisbane Broncos 30 to nil. Nothing I didn't quite expect there. And last night, the Roosters 16 were defeated by the Cowboys 29. But let's start with the Storm and the Broncos. Haim? Oh, interesting first half, to say the least, very, considering the, the final scoreline. A very unsettled first half, I thought. This, this is how I read it. I sort of put it into little okay. portions yes. of the game. For, uh, the first minute to 15 was nil all, and Brisbane were matching it with the, the Storm at yep. that stage. And yep. I thought, okay. And then from that moment on, we had 16th minute, Addo. Addo Carr, near try. 20th minute, Vooney, missed try. <laughs> 22 minutes. Oates, missed try. 25th minute, Moga, missed try. 
No one wanted to score a try. No, it was, and as I said, the first half I felt was really unsettled. Lots of handling errors, as you said. Vunavalu yep. basically dropped his cookies over the line. Oh, what about that? Bellamy was not happy, and then almost in the very next set, you're right, Corey Oates bombed a try. And there was poor kicking from both sides. I think like seven tackle sets was very in vogue. Here, have seven tackles. Here, yeah. have, have seven tackles. Exactly. So it wasn't a pretty first half. And when you say that Brisbane matched it with Melbourne, potentially it was because Melbourne were not playing at their best. Yeah, exactly. 15 to 30 minutes, Storm were up 2-0 and Boyd was hamstrung. But <laughs> yes. playing on. Yes. Interesting. He, he wasn't. He wasn't right. Darius Boyd back, yeah. yeah I think he, that decision backfired on them. Yeah, he wasn't right, but they kept him on, which... He was obviously hampered by it. Yeah. Considering they had Benji on the bench, Cody Nicarima, I've got to say, has been one of the standouts in recent times for the Broncos, and he has played pretty well at, at uh, fullback there. Yep. So I just didn't understand why they kept him on so long when it was very obvious he wasn't right. He's a bit of a favourite of Wayne's, isn't he, Darius? Mm. Mm. Then we had the 38th minute Curtis Scott from Dummy Half. Sets up Addo Carr for a, one of his famous style runaway tries. Yes. And so half time, Storm go in 8 0 when really it should have been 2 0. Yep. And you would have thought that the Broncos were still a decent chance. And then the Broncos came out and had nothing. They had nothing. <laughs> they had nothing. And the storm were business as usual. The second half was enough to instill fear in any opponent of the storm. Yep. Uh, it was measured. It was clinical. It was controlled. It was just solid. It was storm. Mm. It was the absolute full package. And if they play like that next week, in that that if they play the whole game next week like they played that second half, I think the engraver will be writing Melbourne on the trophy. You'd think so. You'd think so. Broncos had 56% of possession in the first half, Mm. but they just bombed too many tries. And then the storm came out in the early part of the second half with a bang. I missed a bit of it because I was changing a nappy. (laughs) But, uh, you know. How long did it take you to change a nappy? (laughs) Well, it didn't take long, but that was how, how well the storm sort of Came out and played initially, and you know, before too long, it was game over mm. for the Broncos or season over. Yeah, th- this game brings my theory that I spoke about last week back of the team with the smallest range between their best and their worst performances. Absolutely, the Storm weren't at their best. Yep, but it was still better than the Broncos, who also weren't at their best. So, yep. well, I think the Storm were typical Storm in the second half. Oh yeah. But oh, yeah. it was an unusual first half for them where they just made too many errors. And I think that will be something that their coach will be addressing over the week because oh, he loves a blow-up, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. He's got his standard routine for a blow-up. Bellamy he just has a, a big slam on the table, yells out an obscenity and walks out the door. Well, apparently Cameron he Smith go? beat him to it. Oh, really? He marched the, his team into the change rooms at halftime and yeah. addressed them before yeah. Bellamy even arrived. Well, you know, Cameron Smith could, could well be the ref and the coach, oh, yeah. as we know. And the player. And the player. He kicked his 1,000th goal Amazing. during the game. It, hasn't he just the last month and a half has just been Cameron Smith City? Mm. It's just been milestone after milestone and more, more records continue to fall. They most certainly do. For the Broncos, mm-hmm. I thought Milford and Nicarima played well. I yep. just think they were just outplayed by their opposition. Yep. Yeah, I think, you know, the the Storm have just got those combinations. And and they defended they just, and yeah. defended. Well, they just, they, they team up. They yeah. team up so well. Yeah. The referees, I didn't notice them. Yeah, which is good. Yeah. Which is good. It was excellent. I mean, I'm sure if Stewie were here, he'd still... He'd find something he'd find to something, about, yeah. Wouldn't you, Stewie? Yeah. <laughs> I know he's listening. So the Storm march on and they will be at, at Homebush. Homebush, yes. Next Saturday evening. Sunday night. Yep. Sunday and w- night. And one would think that, and I'm not sure what the odds are, but one would think that they would be heavy, heavy favourites, but the Cowboys train is a rolling... 
Well, the big question was going to be, was the week off a help or a hindrance for the Roosters? The mind game started early from the Cowboys with Matt Scott named on the extended squad during the week. But the fairy tale has continued. Yep. With our mighty Cowboys. Our, notice our we, mighty we, we Cowboys. Love them. We, we're loving them, even though they beat the only or the last standing Sydney team. They were the Roosters, so really, who cares? <laughs> if you're not a Roosters fan, you don't like them. No. As far as, as simple as that. That sentiment was evident on our Facebook page during the week. And the other thing is, is that we love an underdog in Australia. Oh, and and the do. Cowboys have been there, been the underdog since, you know, they lost their, their two key players. Yep. And things have just been amazing for them, really, in the last few weeks. They've knocked out pretty much... All before them, and they continued their way against a Roosters team who I wasn't confident that they were going to beat them anyway because their form, even though they finished the season in second position, you know they've had this record where they won the most games by uh, less than six, yep. wasn't it? Yep, and that 14 to me, games, I think it was. That to me was not going to be good for them, especially having a week off. They were a team that didn't need a week off. They haven't convinced me all season and coming up against a team that had so much to play for Mm -hmm. and so much passion and had a lot of momentum behind them, I wasn't sure that the Roosters were going to be able to win this game. And we were right. The Cowboys have prevailed 29-16, but I think it's fair to say both, both teams Brought brought a good game to the the field. Well, look, it was it was it was a really tight affair. It was a frenetic pace arm wrestle. Basically. Absolutely, and right to the last few minutes, anyone could have could have won it. Yeah, the the scoreline obviously blew out just a little bit at the end, but it was a lot closer than. There were times where I thought, okay, well, that's it for the Cowboys. Mm. They've um, they've they've lost this one. The Roosters kept on clawing their way in, and then. There he was again, Kyle Felt, scoring oh. an absolute unbelievable try <laughs> that had everyone watching very, very carefully to see the final outcome. It was so close to the touchline. His ability to score a try he does it when the Cowboys season is on the line. Yes, he does it over and over again, remarkable. doesn't he? But you could just it was pure mathematics. They yeah. kept looking at it saying, yeah. but the, the angle of the, the angle ball, of the ball. Mathematically speaking, had to have been touching the grass on one side with the point of the ball above the line on the other side. Yeah, absolutely. And Silly. we were having this conversation whilst watching the game on a, on a phone last night at a barbecue <laughs> where uh, one of the guys said, no, that has to be out. And I said, have a look at the angle of the ball. Yeah. That, is the, that is the telltale here. Is he a here. Roosters supporter? No, no. Mm. He, he, I think initially he, he, he was going for the Roosters because, um, you know, they were the last – um, Sydney team, but I think as the game progressed, he was definitely cheering for the Cowboys, and and the Cowboys have just had that effect on everyone, haven't they? Oh, absolutely. Now the the interesting stat here: the Cowboys hadn't beaten the Roosters in Sydney since two thousand and ten. Oh, really? And I think I mean that stat wasn't going to mean much just in the scheme of uh, how things currently were for both the Cowboys and the Roosters. I was, to be honest, I was really worried at halftime. The Cowboys' first half had so much solid hard work about it, but it was brought undone when they let the Roosters in late to take the halftime score to 8-6. Latrell Mitchell was just basically given a free go at a kick and waltzed over the paint. And I thought, oh, Cowboys, you've just undone all that good hard work. There was two minutes left to defend. I know. But no one contested that ball. No. It was just like, here, here you go. Bloop, into his hands. That one was tax deductible for sure. (laughs) But to their credit, they came back and they continued to fight hard. And I think the Cowboys have taught the NRL a lesson on desire yep. and guts. Well, you said it before with one word, fight. You don't Yeah, you don't have to have the best player in the comp. And they didn't. They lost that player. You don't have to have them in your side if you have a solid work ethic and passion. Absolutely. And having <laughs> having said that though, Michael Morgan. Mm-hmm. Oh, Brilliant. There are there enough superlatives for his game last night? His kicking game alone yep. was something to marvel at. It was just 
and it was he, wonderful. And he pretty much put the the nail, the final nail in the coffin for the Roosters with an outstanding field goal. Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> the Cowboys were just rock solid, and I loved watching their passion, and I loved every second about that game. What was concerning or disappointing, I guess, for the Roosters once again, Mitchell Pearce missed a, a pretty crucial tackle alongside. Yeah. Warrior Hargraves. That's right. Let that try in for the Cowboys to get that last little ascendancy as the game was wrapping up. But the fairy tale continues and we head on to next Sunday night with the Storm taking on the Cowboys. Hame, how do you see it playing out? Well, the last couple of weeks we've uh, we've been behind the Cowboys and we've called some of their victories. Hard to do this time around. It is, but I'm going to stick with them. Are you? <laughs> Look, I think the Storm are going to win, but don't tell anyone. Okay. But come on, Cowboys. Yeah, obviously we would love the Cowboys to complete the fairy tale. Oh, absolutely. But it's hard to go past the Storm. It is hard to go past the Storm. Nevertheless, we will find out next week, Sunday next week, uh, we'll in be, the evening. Yeah, we'll be talking Everyone more about will, the game. We'll be glued in front of their TVs. So good luck to both sides and, and to both support it, both supporters of both teams. Enjoy your week. You are listening to the Sunday Sports Wrap. And the NRL season is wrapping up. There is one game to go. So we're going to have a little trawl through each team and see if we can come up with our picks of the players. I'm going to kick us off with the Storm. They've been by far and away the standout team of the competition. So it was pretty hard to actually come up with uh, one player. So I've got four. Oh, so now this is <laughs> this is my issue usually. we we When we spoke about this earlier on the week, we said, we're just going to pick the best player from each team. Yeah, yeah. We'll try and work out yeah. who we thought the best player That's from right. each team was. When it comes to the crunch, it's hard to commit, isn't it? It is hard to commit. I don't think it's unfair to pick just one player out sometimes. I Well, the Storm was the easiest for me to pick one. One? Mm. Just one? Just one. Okay. And that's so unlike me, okay. as you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm intrigued to – you want to go first then? Oh, I'll Who's open the one? batting here. Cameron yeah. Smith. Cameron Smith. He is the one constant. Yeah. In that team. Yeah. He plays every game just about. He, he doesn't miss a game. Usually, you know, they have a little bit of a rest around state of origin time. Mm. This year he pretty much played just about every game. You know, you talk about the likes of Slater and he's been a revelation upon return after injury, but he didn't play the whole season. Uh, for me, Cameron Smith at the moment, is the the best footballer going around? For me, he was too obvious, so I left him out of my list. Ah. <laughs> I thought everyone's going to pick Cameron Smith. I, I did put Billy Slater in my list. Yep. It, that comeback from almost two years out of the game, yep. I think he's been, he's been fantastic. He's been an absolute revelation. 16 try assists, 12 line breaks, 7 tries, um, 2000, over 2,000 metres gain. So for me... I thought that that was a really good comeback. And, Absolutely. Um, I'll have him on my list. Suliasi Vunivalu. Yep. A Fijian flyer down the wing, 20 line breaks, 22 tries. I think he's the leading try scorer. Leading try scorer, yep. Uh, he's been exciting to watch, as on the other side of the field has been um, Josh Adokar, 22 line breaks and 19 tries, over 3,000 metres run from him. And Cooper Cronk, how could we go past little Cooper? Absolutely. Last well, I mean, game in the purple, poten- well, yeah. definitely in the purple, but last potentially game in the NRL coming up. Yep. He just marshals those troops like no other. Absolutely. And, geez, didn't he get picked on by the Broncos? Oh, yeah. And he just kept going. Yep. Kept getting up. A massive cheap shot by by Adam Blair. We didn't discuss that in no. the roundup of the game, but worth a mention. But he's a tough, tough cookie. Speaking of the Broncos... Who have you got? I've got, well, this is where I started to branch out. <laughs> Milford. Yep. Uh, got him. Dis- yeah, despite the fact that I think Gillette's one of the best rugby league players in the country, I don't think he was the best for the Broncos, but he was certainly up there. And here's a bit of an honourable mention. Ben Hunt mm. had an indifferent season, even got dropped at one That's stage. Right. yep. But came back and filled a position that he's not usually accustomed to, and he was one of the reasons why the Broncos got as far as they did in the end, I thought. Yeah, I agree. I thought he was outstanding at hooker. 
I had Anthony Milford up there, 15 try assists. Tau Tau Moga, mm, 300 yeah. hit-ups, 3,400-plus uh, 3, metres, and he's a try-getter when you need it. Tough to contain. He would yeah. be my unsung hero. Your unsung of, hero. Of the Broncos. And my solid workhorse goes Andrew McCulloch, 881 tackles. Yep. That's solid. That is. Yeah. The Roosters. Roosters. Only uh, only one here, which is unusual again. It but is for, for me, you. Luke yeah. Keery. Luke Keery, yep. He's the difference. Didn't play. He played, obviously, at South Sydney last year. Yeah. The Roosters were very average, very poor last year. He comes into the team into one of the key positions and their season turns around and they they start winning games that they were losing the season before. Yeah. I agree. There's a breath of fresh air for the Roosters. Yep. I had Luke Keery up there. For me, he's the pick of the playmakers. Yep. 14 try assists, 11 line breaks, and seven tries for Luke Keery. Boyd Cordner. Yeah. He's a captain that leads from the front. He's just, he's solid, and he actually quite plays quite well off the side of Mitchell Pearce. Yep. And we saw that last night, led to one of their tries. Um, I just feel like he's a captain that leads from the front, rolls up his sleeves and gets the job done when he, when it needs to be done. I also have on my list Michael Gordon. Yep. I can't Im- – what we said, 14 games that were won by less than six points. There yep. are so many games that the Roosters won off, off the his boot. boot. Yep. Um, I, I just really like him. He's, he's super consistent. He's a good fella. He's been a, a good, honest footballer for many years. Yeah. And one of the – one of the, kind of the, the rookies – Latrell Mitchell, is yep. he the next GI? We've seen some pretty exciting stuff come from him, which yeah, I hope Yeah, I think so, and he's still more. very raw, as yep. outlined last night by yep. a couple of bad errors with, yeah. with those kickoffs and stuff yep. like that. In years to come, he won't make those errors. No. And he's going to be very hard to contain, so I think you, you got it right there. And and the unsung uh, hero would be Mitch Orbison, I think, once again for yeah. the Roosters. He just, you know, he does what, what they need to do. He plays where they need him to play, and he uh, rolls his sleeves up, get the job done. Our beloved Cowboys. Yes. <laughs> Our Cowboys, yes. yes. Absolutely. Who have we got? Tamalolo. Jason Tamalolo. He, he, he is a steam train. We talk about the train. Yeah. He's a steam train. However, he'd have to, he'd have to tie with Morgan. Yeah. Considering the pressure Morgan would have had on him when Thurston went down and he, he just put his hand up and he's done the job. Yeah, Jason Tamalolo, I think he's regained some of that form that he had when he won the Dally M. Yep. Uh, he dropped off a little bit after that, but it's been exciting to watch, in particularly in the last couple of months, watching yep. him play. Yeah, over 4,000 metres gained, 586 tackles, um, 398 hit-ups. So, yeah, that's absolute steam train effort. And I did have him on my list. I had Michael Morgan ahead of him. Yep. Uh, I just think he's stepped up to that next level when the Cowboys really needed someone to fill the, the JT void. And we saw a game last night that was absolute top shelf from him. I can rattle you off some stats, but I don't think I need to. His game speaks for itself. Well, I think with those two, you've pretty much got two of the best footballers in Australia on form at the moment. Yeah. Honourable mention, Scott Bolton. Mm-hmm. Another workhorse. I mm-hmm. love the workhorses. 3,000 yep. metres all ran. 723 tackles, 333 hit-ups. And goes unnoticed, but... He does go unnoticed. Statistics don't lie, do they? No. My honourable mention, unsung hero, Ethan Lowe. Oh, yeah. You know, you've got a forward who's doing the hard work, copping hits, Hmm. making hits, and then he just pots them. Yep. They haven't really lost a lot in not having Jonathan Thurston That's there right. as goal kicker because this guy big, big, big pots them over. Yeah. yeah, But he pots them over and he's done so on a number of occasions where there's been a lot of pressure on. Yeah. And he's uh, got the job done for, for them. And yeah, so he definitely deserves the tag of unsung hero, I believe. The Eels. Shall we move on to Para? Para, for me, it would have probably been Gutherson. Yep. But obviously he had that injury, which is a great shame for them. I yep. would have loved to have seen him uh, represent Parra in those finals. Uh, but there was a, a revelation for Parramatta this year in Nathan Brown. Yep. And uh, I think he was rewarded with the, the Ken Thornton 
medal, which is the the best player for for Parramatta. So it wasn't just us that thought he was Parra's standout. It was uh, all of Parramatta. And uh, congratulations to Nathan Brown on on that. Yeah, I had Nathan Brown at the top of my list. 766 tackles, 396 hit-ups, over 3,000 metres run, a couple of tries, a couple of line breaks, not as many points, but that, that doesn't mean a thing. when you, you know, If you don't score all the meat pies, it doesn't mean you're not a hard worker. So a great ball runner, and he's explosive and his effort, you can't question it. Yeah, and for you uh, fantasy footballers out there or super coaches, he was probably one of the standouts as well in that, and that, that's statistics-based. mm I had, you mentioned Clint Gutherson, I also had him in my list, even though he didn't, you know, play as many games through injury, and also another one that didn't play as many games through injury was Bevan French. Yep. Uh, I think he's a player of the future. Absolutely. The Sharkies. Mm, interesting one. Tough one. I found this one tough, and it's easy just to, to say Gallon, and I think Gallon took out the majority of the, the Sharkies uh, uh, well, awards this year. Gallon's run over 4,000 metres. Yep. For me, though, I, I went away from, from Gallon. I understand the, the importance uh, of his position in that team. Lewis, Luke Lewis, at his, uh, you know, the back end of his career, still stands out for me. Some of the things he continued to do this season. And I'm, I'm guessing that he's a, a big, uh, big player in, in regards to bringing on the younger blokes with his experience at the Sharks. Mm. And then there was Wade Graham, I thought, had a very good year as well. I think we've just copied lists here. Well, well a lot, <laughs> I, to be truthful, I tried not to look at too many lists and stuff like that. When I got, when I was doing it tough, I, I looked at a few websites and stuff like that, but tried to go off the top of my head here as much as possible. Yeah, and I did the same for the Sharks, actually. I, I went through and picked a couple of teams that I really had watched a lot of and, and yep. just picked off that, and then I used some stats to help me later on, but... I also had, aside from Luke Lewis, he yep. can change a game for you when you need it. Yep. Um, I also had Wade Graham. I think he stepped up to a new level this season. Yep, particularly for New South Wales as well. Yeah, but I also had Chad Townsend. Yeah, yeah I thought and about I know him. He missed a few of the important games. Yeah, Stewie would have had him. Yeah, and I think had he been there a bit more, yep. they wouldn't have lost those tight games and potentially might have gone a bit deeper into the finals. Uh, I think that his attacking game... <clears throat> Yep. Really compliments Maloney, and together I think they work well. I think one of the issues why the Sharks didn't go further is that we probably should have been saying Andrew Fafita, and we're not. Yeah. He had a quiet a year. and you he know, did. Most after the, the did. season he had the year before, he should have been driving that team, and he just kind of went missing a little bit, I think, this season. I think he went MIA after mm. game one of State of Origin. Mm. He had that stellar Absolute performance. Yep. And then... Perhaps it was the weight of expectation that, that weighed him down. Yep, that's happened in sport, doesn't it? Now the Panthers. Well, I'm, I'm guessing we've got the same guy here, Nathan Cleary. Nathan Cleary. Yeah. Yeah. You can't. How can you go past him? Just he's one of those guys that could have gone either way with the the weight of pressure on him after yep. starting last year and and doing quite a good job. And just as we thought, the the Panthers were kind of gone this season because we were expecting a lot more from them. They had a poor start. Uh, this guy lifted them. He had some outstanding games. He had a uh, little help towards the end there from his partner in crime, Matty Moylan, who obviously went uh, missing. Mm. And he he handled that brilliantly, I thought, and was one of the standouts of the competition, let alone Penrith. Yeah, I look forward to watching Nathan in the coming seasons mm. and potentially in a blue jersey when he's ready. Yeah, hopefully he's not pushed yeah, I think, in too I soon. I think we discussed this on an earlier show. We thought, without putting too much pressure on the guy, he should probably be allowed to play a few seasons, full seasons of the NRL before being pushed into representative level because he's still so young. Oh, he's such a. But super, he could play now. He's oh, he's a super talent. <clears throat> eight tries, eight line breaks, eleven tries, eighty-four goals, scored two hundred and twelve points. <laughs> yeah, he, he's just the yeah. It was an obvious choice there for the Panthers, but I also had uh, Regan Campbell Gillard. Right, yes, I would agree with that, and the best best mo in the in our world too. <laughs> He's got a good tash, yep. and uh, honourable mention to Dalin Watin Zelezniak. Yep, I think he's been a bit dangerous in attack, and you know, a few more seasons under his belt, I think he's going to be really good. Yeah, my honourable mention will be just purely the comeback of 
Josh Mansour, and he battled. I yeah. thought the first few games, but he was really good. I considered, back to his I considered Josh Mansour, yeah. Mm. But uh, that comeback, yeah, good. Just once we start getting out of the eight here, this is where our list are probably going to start becoming a little different. Well, we got, we got one more. Got the Manly, Manly Sea Eagles. Yeah, you, you go, Lisa. Oh, how can you go past Tommy Turbo? Yeah, Tom Trebojevic. I had, 17. I, I had the brothers. Yeah, well, I have Tom Trebojevic and Jake underneath him. Yep. Tom Trebojevic, 17 tries, his 21 line breaks, 11 tries. And Jakey, 81, uh, 81, 819 tackles, just under 4,000 metres gained. I think you'll, you'll have most punters have Jake ahead of Tom. Yeah. Um, but I thought Tom now is, is coming into a league of his own in regards to, for a fullback, he takes takes on a pivotal role in regards to playmaking as well, alongside Cherry Evans. Um He's going to be a very, very – both of them are going to be very, very good for New South Wales for a long time to come, I think. Yeah, I had Cherry Evans rounding out my top three for Manly there. All yep. righty, the Raiders. Here we mm. go. Mm. Whitehead. Right. Mm. Yes, okay. And Kotrick as the, the young gun, I guess. Yeah, I had Nick Kotrick there. I think he's had a, um, a bit of a breakout season for yep. him. Um, pretty good in attack, 17 line breaks, 16 tries. Jared Croker, Mr. Yeah, Mr. Mr. Consistent. consistent. Yeah. Absolutely. And honourable mention to Jordan Rapana. He just chewed up the metres. Yeah, well, he does that. Yeah. He does that, but... Hard to contain too, 24 line breaks. When compiling this list, I came up with a theory and I said, if your winger is winning your best player, yes, your team's done it tough. And it's kind of one of those situations where you've got Kotrick and Rapana as probably Canberra's two two of their standout players. But I don't think you really want your standout, your best players being your wingers. You, you need them in the middle there, organising play and, and doing things, and that's probably where Canberra didn't quite make it this year. Um, but interestingly, Junior Paulo was the Canberra Player of the Year. There you go. Yes, interesting one, that Very one. But I, I would have thought, for me... He just would have been one of those guys that just sort of flew under the radar, mm. obviously, a little bit. All righty, the Dragons. Yes, you're going to go first here. Paul Vaughan. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I almost missed him. Oh. I thought about it, and the two obvious ones came to mind. Widdop did have a, yep. a much, much better season than the season before. He's second on my list. And you can't go past Tyson Frizzell. He's an amazing player. But I think one of the differences for... St. George this year, particularly early on the season, given that this was his first season with the club, mm. was Paul Vaughan. Yeah. I also had Nene McDonald on my list. I think all-rounder. Yeah. Really good. And Mr. Reliable, Jason Nightingale. Yeah. yeah. Nut- again, just, again, two wingers, though. Yeah. yeah. But Paul Vaughan most definitely is my standout for the Dragons. This is where it gets hard, folks. Titans. Titans. Again, a situation where, for me, a winger probably takes it out in Anthony Don. Yeah, I had him on my list. He was in second spot, But, though. again, you don't want a winger being your best player. Uh, but in the middle, I think Nathan Peets was was very solid for them. Should I, have been Jared Hayne, shouldn't it? It should be. Well, considering his pay packet, it def- yeah. most definitely should be. I had Ash Taylor at the top of my list. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Really good good, good playmaker there. 18 try assists. And he always just kind of is poking around, getting I, things moving for the Titans. I think he had an outstanding first part of the season. It may have just quietened down my, the second yeah. part. I also had Jared Wallace on my list. I think he's yeah, he he solid a, all he's around. He's another one. Yeah. Are we getting worse, Tigers? <laughs> It's okay. getting harder. Oh, Tigers, it's – well, you know what? They they had a tough year, but there's really only one player you can choose there, isn't there? Tedesco for me. Yeah, I had Tedesco at the top of my list. He's got that X factor at the back, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. I still – you know, he's moved to the Roosters. It still hurts because I, wanna, I don't want to see it... Michael Gordon kicked out of that role. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, you'd, you'd take Tedesco any day because what he's going to offer in years to come as mm. opposed to Gordon Gordon's the back end of his career. I think Tedesco had a had a tough year given all the dramas they had at the beginning of the season, but he, he shone through with some really good games towards the end there. Uh, one of the unsung heroes, I guess, would be Elijah Taylor Yeah, for the Tigers, yeah, yeah. and I'm pretty sure he took out their player of the year. I had David Nolfaluma up yes. there. Yes. 
I thought he had a solid. Great, great stats for a winger. Yeah, really gets involved. Definitely, and Aaron Woods rounded out. He's mm. been a bit hot and cold, but mm. he's still, you know, chewed up the meters. And when I talk to Tigers supporters, they're they're not so they're not keen on him, are they? They're not so hard done by when it comes to losing Woods, but yeah. they feel it with Tedesco. Yeah, the Rabbits. Mm. I had a bit of a standout for me. I know who a you're young say. gun. Angus Crichton. Angus Crichton. He was. He was the revelation. He was, absolutely. In a, in a toughish season yep. uh, where Sam Burgess obviously wasn't at his best, and I think mainly in part to uh, yeah. to injury. Sam Burgess is still racking up the stats. He does. Yeah. His stats would have been huge if not for the end of the season where he, he missed games and he had quite a games. Yeah, uh, that rib injury. They're, just they're took pretty toll. decent, nevertheless. Seven hundred eleven yep. tackles, three hundred thirty-eight hit-ups, yep. just under three thousand meters run. So they're still pretty good. And I also had in there Alex Johnson. Johnston, he was a try-scoring machine. Yep. That injury at the end, good call. Wasn't a great finish for him for the season, but still. My unsung hero would be Damian Cook. Yep. Uh, I looked at him. Even oh. even even at the end there, they asked him to play fullback. Yeah. And we know his role is as a hooker. And he did a great job. For me, very disappointing loss for the Bulldogs. It is a disappointing loss. And a great loss. buy for, for the Rabbitohs. And I think basically he he answered the question, Farrah or Cook. Yeah. And that one, by the end of the season, had played itself out. The Knights... Well, <laughs> I can't really remember watching much much Newcastle Knight, yeah. Knights games, so it became very very difficult. I love the Rostock. Yeah, I love who the doesn't? I had Mitch Barnett because uh-huh. I heard a lot of talk about how how he he played very well for yep. them, been very consistent, very consistent but tackling watching, machine. Yeah, I think that was the key for for them and him. But I love Nathan Ross, and I think. Yeah. If you saw highlights of Newcastle games, generally him doing something outstanding yep. and I'd, creating something. Yeah, I had the Ross dog up the top there for me, Nathan Ross. And then I had all of them because their last last month in the competition, yep. it was just – it was wonderful. I loved the way they played with such passion. It so. was, and it leaves the supporters, I think, with a lot of hope for next season. I was going through the night stats and I go, wow, they've tackled – look at all these high tacklers. And I'm like, oh, hang on a minute. That's, that's not a good thing. That means I don't have the ball. Have the ball, yeah, exactly. But, uh, yeah, a good good finish to their season and, and hope for next season for them. The Warriors? The Warriors. Yeah, there's a lot to worry about there. Uh, Mannering for me, statistically, yeah. um, puts his hand – it's a shame that some of the other forwards for the Warriors don't kind of – Match up statistically with with that guy. Yeah, Simon Mannering, he uh, in the stats has come out as the top worker, which is tackles and hit ups. Yep. Uh, so he he leads that list there, and he's second in the tackles overall for the NRL. Yeah, he's, he's a decent player, isn't he? I had Ken um, Malmelo. Right. I thought he's he's a young guy, and I think he's I think he plays on the wing. Um, but he he played some decent games. Sean Johnson, despite. Not being at his best, yep. he was still probably the better player in in the Warriors. And yeah, I had, for me, for me, that player. Well, he, who do you have? Who else? Uh, David Fusatua. Okay, eleven line breaks, twelve tries there. Aside from Mannering, I still think, despite the fact it was probably an ordinary season by his own standards and by the standards that everyone else For would have. Sean on him. Johnson. No. Roger Tuivasa. Oh, Roger Tuivasa. I yeah, still no, think I he's probably him. one of the the Warriors' best, but you'd have to say best of a bad lot. Yeah, yeah. And finally, hey, why'd you leave the doggies to the end? Oh, Is I that because doggies? Because they're your team. Yeah. This, you know what? Shouldn't have been because it's the team I watched the most. Obviously, being a Bulldog supporter, I really, really found this one hard to pick. Yeah. And in the end, I probably had to go with the person that I see working the hardest. And just the most honest player in the team, yep. and that was Josh Jackson. There you go. Yeah. Looks, um, it reads the same on my sheet over here. And it shouldn't have been that hard. Clemmer, interestingly, I thought was probably around average for the Bulldogs this year. He took out the New South Wales he did. player of he the did. team. 
there, which yep. was interesting. I had Josh Jackson at the top of my list, and yep. then I had David Clemmer. His stats still rack up, even yep. though they probably weren't as good as previous seasons. And rounding it out, I had I had Josh Morris. I think I think he's been he tries hard, and he always he's got something up his sleeve if yeah. the dogs needed it. Obviously, the Morris boys have I think have dropped off in form in the last little bit, but. Again, it's kind of the old best of a bad bunch. Yeah. Well, the thing with the Morris guys is, I guess, aside from um, their their experience and knowledge in the game, it's always been their speed that's been the the factor for those guys. And truth is that they're um, they've been playing for a while now. Yep. So at, at some stage, the wheels are slowing gonna, down. Yeah, there are guys that are now catching up to them in the speed department. But I still think they're. They're very good players to have. They'd be perfect for a team like the Knights, I think, uh, to help them through into that next phase with, with experience and stuff. I'm not sure how long we'll see them in the NRL, whether there's um, mm. pending seasons in England coming mm. up. I think we'll see them next year, obviously, um, but not much longer than that. Yeah. Josh has already hung up his boots for um, State, State of, of Origin. Origin. Yeah. yeah. So... Alrighty, well, that's a wrap for the NRL players. Quickly, D- Dally M. Uh, yeah. One name? One name. Yeah. Yeah, I can't pick that one at the moment. Cameron Smith. Bit of win. Smith heaves it away. That'll do it. Steve Smith fittingly hits the winning runs. Now, Australia is currently over in India playing the one-day series, five, five ODOs and three t- T20s as far as I know. Game one was at Chennai, India, 7 for 281 off their 50 overs, defeated Australia 9 for 137 off 21 overs by the Duckworth-Lewis method. Nathan Coulton nile 3 for 44, Marcus Stoinis, Two for 54, Glenn Maxwell 39 and Faulkner 32. Game two, we'll talk a little bit more in depth about this one. At Eden Gardens in Kolkata, in oppressive heat that affected the Australians, India 252 all out off their 50 overs, defeating Australia all out for 202 off 43.1 overs. Again, Nathan Coulter Nile. Bigger the bowlers, three mm-hmm. for 51, and Kane Richardson, three for 55. Marcus Stoinis did it with the bat this time, 62 not out, and Steve Smith, 59. But two losses from two games. Yeah, disappointing. Uh, there were some positives, I guess, at one stage in that second game. India were three for 180 of 34, and we managed to contain them to 252 when you would have thought they were on their way for a 300-plus score. And at one stage with the bat, they were three for three for eighty-five, cruising to what you would have thought would have been a, a pretty useful victory. And then, unfortunately, loss of wickets, collapses, and more collapses. Yeah, more collapses seems to be the issue. Uh, I just wonder at the moment: uh, are the players mentally tough enough for the subcontinent? Are they mentally tough? Well. This is it. What do we make of the Australian current form? Like, is it is it a worry? It, it has as, to, it, as we said, it's one collapse after the other these days, and our openers yeah. aren't consistently firing either. And and keep in mind that the teams are quite different. Even looking at that Indian team and the bowling lineup, there's mm. no one that you really recognise from no. from their test team. Uh, so there's the, the very different teams. The Australian team, despite the a couple of the mainstays, Warner. Smith, uh, it's a very different team, but the the concerning factor for the Australian ODI team is the fact that now that's ten away losses in a row. Whew. Ten losses in a row. We're not used to an Australian team uh, having statistics like that. So no. that's that's a worry, and hopefully we we'll be able to address that in some form very soon. That is a bit of a worry. So here's my question. We're leading into an Ashes series. Mm-hmm. Got a lot of test cricket to play. Mm-hmm. Why are we playing this series? How is it going to help our preparations for the Ashes? Yeah. Look, I think we're playing this series because, you know, you've got to keep the big the big place in the cricketing map happy. Mm. Um, but I suppose, you know, they've just the way the calendar is now, you, you play a lot of cricket, you travel around quite a lot. 
to me, it, it seems a bit unnecessary because oh, as, a, as a cricket lover, I, I find it hard to follow the ODIs and, and even to a certain extent the T20s. I love the big bash yeah. and what it brings to, to the cricket community in Australia. But some of these games now, you know, I, I prefer watching test matches overseas than, than ODIs. Yep. I, I, I agree and I... I just don't see the relevance yeah. for Australia. I guess, you know, if India's invited, you don't say no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I'm not sure I see the relevance for Australia. And I don't know how helpful it's going to be if we come off this with more losses. Yeah. What sort of confidence it's going to do. And with with a, a very, very important Ashes series in November. Yeah. I'd love to see some some of these guys playing um, some cricket in Australia at the moment. Well, preparing. following this series, they will be coming home and they'll have an opportunity to play some Sheffield Shield. So I do hope we see every one of those test players mm. playing Shield cricket for their state. Now, I, I know I pick on him a bit. Matthew Wade. Does his, yeah, <laughs> does his fitness worry you? Because, you know, it's not the first time we've seen him struggle. I know the conditions were oppressive and everyone struggled. We saw him struggle in Sydney, dodgy guts. We've seen yeah. him struggle away with with dodgy back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at the moment, whether it's the fitness or not, uh, it's more his his uh, form. Yeah, and whether that's a contributing factor from his poor fitness, um, I just think it's now time to move on. We've got a couple of good options, obviously. <laughs> it's like yeah. me move on from my hatred of, <laughs> of him, or well, move on we'll, from a new new keeper. Well, the latter, but right. it, would, it would allow you to accomplish the <laughs> the earlier bit of that. Both. Yeah, look, I just think it's it's time to move on because we need to to look to p- potentially younger options. Team yeah. Tim Payne's in the mix, obviously. Neville probably deserves another crack yeah. at the title at some yeah. stage. Our, our batting in the game too was just—it just wasn't good enough. Our two openers went for one, mm. and then we had a little bit of a reconnaissance mission with Smith on fifty-nine, Travis Head thirty-nine, Glenn Maxwell stumped. There's a surprise, fourteen, mm. and Marcus Stoyne to sixty-two. But then following that, Wade two, Ashton Agar zero, Pat Cummins zero, Nathan Cordenile eight, Kane Richardson at a zero. Yeah. I know we can't rely on our bowlers to do the heavy lifting in regards to the batting, but a little bit more resistance there from yeah, well, the bottom six would have helped. And in Australia, we're generally accustomed to our batters or our bowlers doing pretty well yeah. with the bat. So that would have been quite disappointing for the team and the, the coaching staff that they, they didn't put their hand up, but they shouldn't have had to, mm. technically speaking. Uh, Head and Smith should have got, got the boys a little bit closer. They both got out... Yeah, the, the the shot selection and the way they're playing some of their shots and getting out probably yeah. is what leaves to be desired the most. So as you said, ten losses in a row. Yep. Does it breed frustration given the winter we endured with the with the pay saga? I mean, I guess patience could have been eroded with the saga and as a consequence tolerance a little bit lower of poor performances for Australia? Oh, okay. I guess where I'm going to stand on this now, I think it's it's now time just to probably move on and forget the whole pay saga. It's happened. It was ugly. Uh, but it's time now do just you, to, to focus on Do you on, think on the cricket. public are expecting more, though? Of course they are. Yeah. And that's where things can probably get a little bit negative now. Mm. I just think let's, let's just sort of get back to, to following our team and being behind them. Uh, which is kind of harder to do. They made it a little bit difficult they have for made us it to, to <laughs> do. But at the end of the day, they are our best cricketers, uh, win or lose. And you'd like to think when they're doing it tough, we'd, we'd probably get behind them a little bit more. So I probably would urge young cricketers that I certainly come across to, to be patient and to understand and learn from, from the trials and tribulations that they're currently going through and, and try and improve and get better as we go. And, and hopefully... All will be resolved with these situations when we win the Ashes. That's right. Because they'll be our favourites again if they do that. Well, before we get to the Ashes, we've got a couple of games in India left to go. Game three is on tonight in indoor. So is that game outdoor? <laughs> no, it's <laughs> is indoor. That stadium. <laughs> it's indoor. <laughs> Sorry, dad joke. Uh, so we'll be watching that one with much anticipation.
Thank you for joining us every week and listening to the Sunday Sports Wrap. We're about to wrap this show up and head on with the rest of our Sunday. But before we do, we've got two big games left in the football season. On Saturday, the Adelaide Crows will take on the Richmond Tigers at the MCG. The Sunday Sports Wrap are firmly on the Crows here. And then on Sunday evening, the Melbourne Storm will take on the North Queensland Cowboys. We're on a hiding to nothing, but we are on the Cowboys train. Go you good things. (laughs) Finish it off. Come on. It is exciting week. It is footy finals week. There's just another flavour about the... The, the atmosphere at the moment around football and everyone enjoys it. So I encourage you, if these are your teams, to get out and enjoy it as much as you can. If they're not, pick a team and enjoy the week just the same. Haim, that's yep. about it from us. Been a pretty full-on show, despite the fact that we thought we'd have a bit of space for a few songs <laughs> and stuff did. like that. Yeah, yeah. We, we feel there's, <clears> been, there's been plenty to talk about. And there's hopefully plenty more to come. So we do thank you for your company once again. Say good day to us on Facebook. Re-listen to today's episode on our podcast. Find us on Twitter. And we will catch you next week. See yous. Catch ya. Hey.